0: Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, lovely listeners. Is your day excruciatingly boring? Perhaps you need a pickup. Let me arm you with a sword and shield to block and slay your boredom monster. Today I have for you a finale of Family Knows Best by Sean Carrals and another story, titled Inside Molly's Head, by yet another listener, Asma. Every day I get new stories and every day I'm that bit happier at how talented my listeners are. Also, I have five cities that I want to thank though for listening to me so much in the past seven days. At the very top is St. Peter's, Missouri, Miami, Florida. Surrey, Canada, Dallas, Texas, and Waco, Texas. I almost said Waku. Whoops. (laughs) Thank you so much for plowing through my episodes. (laughs) And before I start today's episode, my top three powerhouse listeners at this minute is Mark Craig, Sniped IT, (gasps) and what is this? An unknown. User 29303316, If you change your name, mate, I'll give you another (laughs) shout-out. Thank you and all of you awesome listeners out there right now. So turn off your lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for something different. Outside of the bathroom, the entire family is down, writhing in agony. My mother looked up at me and it broke my heart there was so much hatred in her eyes that always held so much love for me. Her kind face twisted into disgust. My only thought was to comfort her and talk to her. I thought I could smooth things over with her, discover what is going on and make us a happy family again. I already knew what it would say, so I ignore it. Mom, listen, it's me, your son. I pat my chest to signify I'm me. I'm the firstborn, we used to spend all our time together, until you had Meredith." I moved closer to my mother, who was struggling to stand against some unseen force. She got to her knees, and I met her. "'Mum?' I asked as her face softened. She opened her arms, despite the pain she was in, and in her own voice asked me a question. "'Will you hug, mummy?' I don't look. I want this. I want my mother to love me. I want this nightmare to end right now. I inched closer to her, kicking aside my younger sibling still writhing on the floor. I was desperate for this hug to solve everything. Somehow the vibration became stronger, so I go to throw it down the stairs. It slipped in my wet hand and fell a few feet from me. Come to me, my sweet boy. Mummy loves you so much. Her soothing voice resonates in my ears, like a symphony. I lean into the hug, and a drop of water drips off my nose, landing on her bare arm. A new round of howls issue forth from my family. She recoils in pain, looking at me from head to toe in disgust. You naughty boy! You are not allowed to get wet! She lashed out at me with her hands, twisted in a claw. I stumble back, avoiding the swipe. My hand lands on my vibrating phone. Run! Oh, run! Over 50 times on my messages, I hear Jacob from behind me in the bathroom stop yelling, my father's dad voice soothing him. It's okay, my boy. Soon we'll have your brother, and he will suffer. I didn't look back, but I could feel him staring at the back of my head. I rolled over half of my siblings and crawled to the steps, feeling a tiny hand grip my ankle. I looked down as they all began to claw at my pyjamas, pulling me back in. I ripped my pants off and rolled down the stairs in a heap, hitting the ground hard. For a long moment, I saw stars. When my vision cleared, I was already up and moving out the kitchen. I look down. Get out the front door! It warned. My hand was on the back door handle. My heart was pumping so hard at the sounds of my family rushing down the stairs. There was no way I could make it. I would have to go out the back. I glance. Keys. All of a sudden, the front door made sense. I whip around in time to see them halfway down the stairs. Michael was the first to reach the kitchen door. I loved him the most. But I lowered my shoulder and crashed into his frail form. He fell back, tangling the others up, giving me time to reach the front door. Locks I had used for years became a Rubik's Cube that I couldn't solve. My hands shook out of control so much that I couldn't twist the handle. My father's voice from the top of the pile called out to me in the crazed, lilting voice. Don't you dare take my car, young man. You are not even on our insurance and the rates are going to KILL us! Desperation filled his voice, spurring me on enough to unlock the door. I slipped out into a gut punch of freezing air, pantless, and keys in hand. I ran to the Volvo and started it up on the first try. I was bound to get lucky. I tell myself, hoping my luck holds. An address halfway across the state appears on the screen my dad burst through the front door with the entire family howling into the black morning sky he had two of my smaller sisters rebecca and torrance in his hand swinging them around like clubs the impossibility of the scene held me in place he wound one arm back and threw rebecca at the car followed by torrance i threw the car in reverse my two sisters smashing their innocent faces against the windshield Spinning the wheel, I whipped around throwing Torrance off into the hard pavement, a well of guilt bubbled inside of me. Rebecca continued to smash her face into the car leaving a bloody stain on the glass. I sped forward making her tumble over the top of the car, smacking off the trunk and onto the pavement next to Torrance. I turned my GPS on and followed it. I began to turn through roads I had never been down before to a mystery destination in. The country. I look at my GPS. The waypoint on the screen was smack dab in the middle of nowhere. Speeding through the neighborhood, I began to notice things I would never seen before. Every house seemed more sinister in the darkness of the early morning. Their well manicured lawns with lawn animals seemed ominous against the light of my car. It's as if they are watching me flee. My adrenaline-filled mind is kicking my impossible fears into overdrive. My car exploded with ringing. My heart threatened to escape my chest. They found me! The car is being sent back home. They are going to beat me with my brothers! The chime yelled at me letting me know it was on to my flight. It was all over. Oh. I say aloud looking at my dashboard, the bluetooth lighting up. I look at my phone to see the text notification light up. They connect on startup. Right, right, this is a normal thing. I assure myself, not making me feel any better. My heart sinks back to my stomach. I reach for the phone, still going way too fast and I flip the screen open. Slow Slow down. down. I know it's trying to be helpful, but I'm not in the mood. I ease off the pedal and let myself coast the rest of the way to the nearest stop sign. I look at the other message. You aren't safe safe yet. yet. Keep Keep going, going but don't get pulled over. over. How am I supposed to dodge the police? What am I even running from? My own family? All families are strange. Mine happens to want to hurt me in a very brutal way. I disconnect the phone. My nerves are already raw without the stupid ringtone giving me a heart attack. I sit at the stop sign and gather my thoughts, taking in a deep breath to slow my heart. I look at the message. Go now. It warned. I look around and saw nothing. Maybe this thing was the bad guy. Maybe this is all happening because this thing wants me dead. You seem to be in a rush for me to see you, I text, slamming my thumb onto the screen. I wait a minute and get no response. In my mind, it proves guilt. I can't keep going. The adrenaline is wearing off, leaving me with a headache. I don't want to do this anymore. I put my head into my hands, letting the tears fall free. I'm sitting in my family car. In my underwear, crying alone with no idea what is going on. I can't do this! I tell myself out loud. I don't even bother to look at my phone. I know it's going to tell me that I should be running. That I can't stay here because my crazed family's after me. Through my heaving sobs, I hear an engine rev behind me. (laughs) I look into the rearview mirror, two LED lights stare back at me. I stifle the phone in the seat cushions, I know. I wipe my face clean and keep staring at the lights, somehow they started getting bigger and bigger. Shit. I slam on the gas, adrenaline pumping through me again, giving me renewed energy. I forgot where the GPS was taking me, so I fish around for the phone desperate to get away while not getting lost. My fingers fumbled with the edge of the phone. I hit every app while I struggled to pull it free. The lights behind me tried to grow with each passing second. I gunned it every time I thought it was too close. The phone slipped deeper into the cushions, falling through the cracks. I chanced a glance behind the seat in hopes of seeing it when my neck snapped forward. It bumped me. The steering wheel almost ripped free from my grip. I hold on for dear life, jerking the wheel to the right, sending me down a narrow road. I sped past a yellow diamond sign and prayed I hadn't made a mistake. Tyres, screeching across pavement, told me the headlights made a U-turn. I look back in time to see the headlights follow me past the diamond sign. Call from unknown. Chiming through the speaker, almost making me brown my underwear. Call from unknown. It repeated, adding, except Yes! I yell back, heading towards the cul-de-sac. Dead end, came a robotic voice. I wish you had trusted me. Maybe one day, you will. It said, sounding sad, What do you mean? I scream, halting to a stop. This is not the first time we've spoken, though it is the first time you've made it this far. Its voice seemed familiar, but I couldn't say why. My mind wasn't working fast enough. What. Do. You. Mean? I scream, feeling my throat become raw. Had I been screaming this entire time? I'm sorry for what happens next. My face smashed against the steering wheel with tremendous force. Stars flashed across my eyes. My father stepped out of the minivan, holding my eldest sister. He walked up to the window and used her face to smash the window until it broke. Shards of glass stuck out of her face. She dug her nails into my shoulders, pulling me out of the car. I could feel glass pressing into my flesh as they pulled me out, tossing me to the ground hard. The rest of my family piled out of the van and stalked forward. Before I black out, I see my mother and father lift my siblings by the ankles and swing down. And this concludes part two of Family Knows Best. And the good news is, there is actually more. What I want to know is, do you want to hear it? Just kidding, of course we want to hear it. So once Sean has sent it through, I'll be sure to record it and upload it. I want to give you one more fan story while I'm here. This one is by Asmar, a veteran of listener stories. Titled, Inside Molly's Head. Bruises were left on my wrist from the tight handcuff that was once placed there. It felt like a snake, slowly constricting around its prey. But now, the cuffs were finally removed, giving me the sense of liberation. I'm free from the detrimental imprisonment that dominated most of my life. I'm socially isolated and overflowing with compulsive delusion and agitation. A fugitive with problems. Escaping from the madhouse was one of the things I had been waiting to do, and today was the day. Standing in the middle of the path, people crowded around me. My linen attire frayed from the bottom with dirt. My ankles were throbbing with tremendous pain. I remember fumbling with the latch on the window and yanking it open. I was lucky it wasn't on a higher floor, or I wouldn't have slipped out as quickly. I landed heavily on the path below. Pain, making its way up my ankles from the impact of the fall. You stupid girl! A voice had shouted from the window. Staggering to my feet, I ran, not knowing what I had gotten myself into. Trying to find a place to call home was harder than I thought. Well, maybe you should go back, Molly. Looking to my right, I find a familiar staring back at me. You're insane! I spat back at the figure as a wave of nausea partially engulfed my mind. No, you're insane, the figure said in a disgusted tone. Why do you think they put you in that madhouse? The voice echoed from an old man that looked like he was going half blind. The roots of his hair were balding silver in the sunlight, and his lips were curved into an unpleasant shape. Go back, he said in whisper. You're a sinner. I blocked my ears, mumbling to myself that he wasn't real, but rather a figment of my imagination as I ran in the other direction. I just want a good life. Leave me alone. You're a fugitive, fugitive. Molly. Remember remember that. that. His voice echoed repeatedly in my ear. You don't deserve a good life. Don't you remember the sin you committed? You are a danger to yourself and others. I remember my first illusion. I had been on the swing in the garden of the madhouse, swinging lightly back and forth. I stopped the swing, and with it, a squeaky resonance along with it. Turning myself in the direction of the sound, I was still not sure if I should investigate. A wave of nausea swept over me. Shaking it off, I got up and headed towards the noise. Each step I took, a vivid crunching sound would pierce my ears, like bones being put through a grinder. Finally, I reached the scene. I noticed by the overgrown strands of grass, in the abrupt quietness accompanied by the soft whistling of wind, I stood frozen by what I had just encountered. A body, half buried in the ground. It lied on its back in a pool of blood. The eyes sunk inward, its lips were a pale blue. The skin was purple waxy. The fingernails were missing, and one hand was clutched around a snake-like locket. My nostrils filled with the stench of rotting flesh. Stumbling backwards, I ran back into the madhouse to get help. Dragging one of the workers back to the body, all they responded with was, There's nothing there, Molly. How about we get you back inside? Trudging along for what seemed like hours, or maybe only minutes, I felt something sleek on my hands. Looking down, my palms facing the starry sky, I recognized the familiar sight of blood, hardening in fear, trying to whip the evidence away. That girl's blood is on your hands, Molly. A voice rang. You killed her? It was you. No. No! No! Go away! Leave me alone! Running across the road, a bright light blinds me. I lay still on the ground, pain invading my body. It's funny how the voices you've lived with your whole life suddenly disappear. Good night, Molly. Echoed the voice one last time, as the starry night faded. Away. Wow. Thank you so much, Sean and Asma, for a set of Ripper stories. I'm on the edge of my seat for the continuation of Family Knows Best, and I was knocked over by poor Molly and her tortured soul. Talk about raising the bar, goodness. You listeners just keep getting better and better. Let's say you have a story in your head and you manage to get it down and onto your computer. Feel free to send it straight to me at my email storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com Also, if you know any writers or authors who you think you'd like their story to be on the podcast, contact them and point them towards me. Many a time people have said to authors that they could check this podcast out and, well, they have, which continues to blow me away. In fact, a lot of stories have ended up in my inbox just for that reason. This community is always so giving. Stay tuned for tomorrow for some creepy pastors, I think. And as always, till next time.